My next guest, Frankie Telford, uh, for those of you at home that aren't watching the YouTube video, uh, he, he's, he's built like an action figure, okay? He should be in a Marvel movie. I actually think I'm like, I'm looking in a mirror. Like the guy, the guy would be mad in 99 grade. Uh, physique, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. So Frankie's here from. Uh, we're here, and we're here at his facility, um, Old Bull Athletics. Why don't you tell me a little bit about it, man? Yeah. Uh, so Old Bull is a perfect blend between physical therapy and personal training. Um, we really want to treat everyone as if they were an athlete, right? So as you know, you know, professional athletes have physical therapists, they have strength trainers, they have athletic trainers. We're trying to build that that gap, bridge that gap between therapy and like one-on-one -on -one highest level performance together, right? So, you know, in, in the sense of what we do as, as a, a company, we do that on the one-on-one -on -one level. Um, so most of our coaches here are physical therapists and they also have a strength training background. Um, so yeah, it's really just like trying to optimize human performance. Yeah, your, your background is, is interesting. You studied this in college, mm -hmm. correct? Yes, I, I studied kinesiology, human, human biology in college. Mm -hmm. So biomechanics, something that uh, I sort of tripped into because I had back issues and shoulder issues and I never understood it. And I think you, the path that you're, what you're doing here is really special. Um, I always, you know, went to the doctor, doctors get surgery, get this, this. And then once I started really learning about it and I went to a really good physical therapist, he was like, your back's not the issue, it's the way you're holding your hip. Mm -hmm. And I had a shoulder issue and I actually didn't realize it wasn't a shoulder, it was a bicep issue. And doing stretching and movement, talk to me about sort of biomechanics and, and what do people need to know about it? Yeah, for sure. So the human body, is it's interesting because they call it the joint by joint theory. Okay. The human body is stacked mobile over stable, right? So if you go all the way down to the ankle, right? That's a mobile joint, it moves in multiple, multiple planes. You look at the knee, it's a hinge joint. It basically flexes and extends. The next joint above that is the hip, right. mobile joint, moves in all these random uh, motions, then lower back, flexes and extends. Yeah. So you can literally do that all the way up, right? T-spine, mobile, scapula, stable, shoulder joint, mobile, elbow, stable, wrist, mobile, right? So stack and stack and stack. You really have an issue most of the times when your mobile joints become stable. Got it. And then your stable joints become mobile and then you have a bunch of issues, yeah. right? So for example, right? Like if you have a knee problem, it's probably not a knee problem. It's probably the joint above or below. It's probably you're not, really? you don't have the right motion for your ankle or your hip, right? Really? So it's, it's just uh, people sitting stagnant all day, right? It's a big right. issue. Totally. Just behind your computer, you're, 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 we're meant to move. A thousand percent. Sedentary, not getting the end ranges when you're supposed to, um, walking more, just more blood flow into certain areas that need to be moving a lot, right? You have dysfunction normally when you don't have, you know, the, the proper motion or the proper range of motion for your mobile joints. How did you get into it? You're, I know your backstory, we'll get into it a little bit, but how did you, when you went to college, you went to USC, what made you want to study this? Yeah, so I've always played sports. Uh, I started playing football when I was seven years old. Okay. Um, so, you know, that being in South Florida and like the culture around South Florida, mm -hmm. people in my family playing sports and, and I'm sure same thing with yeah. your family, right? Like sports in South Florida. It's a big thing. It's a big thing, right? So. In my head, I was like, oh, I want to study something with science. Mm -hmm. But then I'm also like, well, I have all of this sport background and this knowledge about like how to move your body. Mm -hmm. And like I had some great coaches throughout college, high school, whatever the situation yeah. is. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like this seems like a good path for me to go down. Um, I was coaching in college as well. So. 
for me, I I, I kind of looked at it as like a dual like uh, what do you want, a dual degree. Yeah. You know, I, I graduated with four years of coaching, and I graduated with a degree in kinesiology, exercise physiology. So like on both ends of it, I was like, okay, well, you know, we're gonna get into this stance because it's more uh, biomechanically accessible, or you can have better performance at speed if you're in a two point stance rushing the passer as opposed to a three point stance. And what did the old school coaches say when you said oh, stuff like, like that? Oh, they looked like I was crazy. Yeah, like, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about, kid. <laughs> like, I'm like, here are the force plates to show. Like, <laughs> this is better than X, you know? So it was it was cool. You know, you kind of revolutionized the game yeah. with science. And I think it was already kind of like at the precipice of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we played teams like uh, Oregon, who had Chip right. Kelly, who was like, oh, well, all we're going to all yeah. speed, changing the way we even set up our practice plan. We're going to do a walkthrough two days before the game as opposed to the day before the game. Like... Right. He was already at like nipping at the bud of that. Yeah. And like, then I was like, okay, well, if that's already being accepted, here we go. How about we just take it a step further? Yeah. You know, so it was pretty cool. It was a cool so let, let, let's get in a little bit about your background. So you're a five-star recruit. Mm-hmm. You can go to any college you want to. You go to USC. And for people who forget, you went peak USC. You yeah. went peak Carroll National Championship, Heisman's. Uh, uh, number one draft pick after number one draft pick. Mm-hmm. You step in as a linebacker. You're stepping in big shoes of Clay Matthews and Cushing mm-hmm. and Keith Rivers and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you, your life took a, a, a turn at right. that point. Mm-hmm. What, what, what happened? And then walk me through your path. Yeah. So 38 scholarship offers go wherever go I wherever. want. Uh, my top four, I took visits to LSU, USC, Florida, and Stanford. Um, this was before, uh, this was a Jim Harbaugh era for Stanford. Yeah. Urban Meyer for Florida, and then Pete Carroll, obviously. Yeah, Les the, Miles. the best of the best. They, these are all all-star coaches. Right, right, right. Can't really go wrong. So you look at USC, again, four linebackers all go to the NFL the, the time before. Yeah. I'm looking at it like, okay, the the linebacker coach at the time is Kid Norton Jr., who's a, a mentor of mine now. That's right. Um, I was like, this guy's been everywhere that I want to go. So I'm going here, right? So... I make the decision. I announce it on NBC. I announce it on CBS on signing day, local channels, uh, ESPN mm-hmm. first in the morning. Um, and I finally get on campus and I do, you know, you do your, your physical and stuff like that. They find a heart murmur. And in my head, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. You know, yeah. I, I went to States in the 100 meter dash. Like there, I had no issues. I can run out here in this air conditioned outside as opposed to, you know, the muggy, gnat infested, yeah, yeah. you know, Miami, Florida summers, you know, I'm like, this is nothing. Right. Um, they go down the path. I end up going to the Marin Institute. They take me through all of the tests you can think of. Stress tests, MRI, uh, like literally everything. And you're familiar with yeah, this. Yeah. So like, yeah, everything. Right. So. Uh, we get to the end of it. I'm sitting there with my mom and she's like, we have a decision to make. Like, do you play and risk it? And they di- they finally diagnosed me with HCM, which is a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which just means that like the, ventric- the ventricular wall for my heart is thicker than normal. Mm-hmm. And it's so thick that it could cause like obliteration, which just means like backflow into the heart. And it doesn't work as efficiently as as it should, mm-hmm. right? Especially at like, higher levels of intensity right mm-hmm. so like if i went outside and ran 16 110s or if i'm like you know it's a it's the fourth quarter and we just had like a long drive and we're playing in oregon and it's back-to-back plays and they're quick yeah. to the ball and all this stuff i could have issues right i think actually recently um something happened with lebron's son yeah yeah, he, yeah yeah he yeah Bonnie, you're right so yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so congenital heart situation yep. They didn't say exactly what it was but i'm guessing that's it's probably what it was something like that right yeah so 
decided, you know, it's not worth it. Let's take a step back. We, we're going to reevaluate. And then the school just put a pause on it altogether. They're like, yeah, you're not playing. They, they just pulled really? my opportunity to play at all. Usually you get like a choice. Yeah. Not at that time. <laughs> so you're 18 years old. Your dreams are crushed. But I got the sense from you, you're, you're not a pity party guy. Definitely not. So you pivot. And what did you say? I'm going to do x like what, what, what was that move like yeah so um when 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 i think when any athlete decides to retire it's almost like someone dying in your family like yeah absolutely you, you it's hard to to lean into that and try to you know turn that that sour lemon into lemonade mm -hmm. um but uh, i i have to give credit to coach carol and and coach uh kenny norton like it was they were so embracing that it was almost like yeah like I definitely want to do this. I want to be a part of this, you know, like, right. so um, I just started shadowing and learning and just trying to absorb as much as possible yeah. from the coaching staff. And they were like, yeah, dude, like we, we want you around. Like you're not going anywhere. Right. Like you, you can be a phenomenal coach. So I, I took that as a, okay, like here's a new challenge. Here's, yeah. here's, this is my next step. Like if you're, if I can't play, what's the closest thing I can do is it to be on the field is to be able to coach. It, it it was bittersweet though the first year. I'll yeah, tell you of that. course, like, man. You you, you want to get out there. It's compete. like that ex girlfriend. And you're yeah. like, oh, that's the new guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I could definitely do it better. Like you know, like definitely. You know, so this is interesting. It was cool. So uh, you you you're there at uh, SC, and I know for you, mentoring and mentorship is is important. And you mentioned two gentlemen, Ken Norton Jr. and Pete Carroll. Walk me through your relationship with those two two individuals. Yeah. So Pete, high energy guy. Yeah. Always. Uh, wanting the best from you and, and always preaches competition. He's like, if you're not competing, you're not trying, right? So we'd go into like coaching days and, and be like, oh, don't get out coached today. And you know, I'm, I'm battling with Coach Norton. I'm like, oh, if you saw anything and this and here, and like, if you don't have any feedback for the player, then I'm gonna step in and say something too, you know? So we just wanted the best from our players. We wanted everybody to be phenomenal and excellent at all times. And I, I kind of bring that to, you know, I coach high school football right. today. I bring that to the high school level, like that, that high level professional coach to a high school kid, they can really hone in on that and they can really grow from that. Like a lot of the things that you, you normally typically wouldn't see in, in a high school coach, I, I can bring that to the aspect or and, to the table. And that mentorship didn't leave in those first couple of years at USC. They took it to the pros with them, right? Yes. So obviously coach Carroll decided to go to Seattle right. after our first season which was bittersweet mm -hmm. because, you know, obviously you want him to be great. And Did Norton stick around? Norton left with him. With him. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Norton left with him. And not to knock anything, the, the very next coaches that came in, um, you had Kiffin, uh, yeah, Lane Kiffin, Kiffin as, yeah. as uh, the new head coach. His father, who created the cover two Mont defense. Monty, uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. who else would you want to learn from as a coach? He's like, like an OG. He's like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. he's like the legend of yeah. of coaching as a defensive coordinator, you know. And then uh, Joe Barry, who's now with uh, Green Bay, he's the okay. defensive coordinator for Green Bay. So like, I just had you had great mentors around you, great coaches, the best of the best, great coaches, right. you know. So I learned a little bit uh, of from from all of them. Coach Coach Norton, I think, had like the most polarizing coaching style, right. but Coach Joe Barry was one of the smartest. Listen, coaches Coach I've Norton, ever seen, when your dad. You know? fights Muhammad Ali three times, dude. you know you're a tough SOB. Dude, <laughs> dude, tough dude. And and just 
like, like I said, polarizing to the point where you just want to be around him. You just want to hang out with him. Yeah. You just want to like, no matter what, you're like, yo, you you are the guy. You well, know? He has the most interesting career because he has weird fan bases. So plays at UCLA. Yeah. So they love him there. Then he goes and coaches at USC. They love him there. Right. Then he goes to the Cowboys. They love him there. And then Pete Cowboys 49 arrival. He goes to the 49ers. Super rough. And he won at all of them. And then all those fan bases still love him. It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. Down to like, so I went to uh, his 50th birthday in, okay. in uh, LA and he has it at like this ritzy, you know, hotel. And we're like sitting there and his, his wife plays like a bunch of highlights from when he was a player. And it's like GQ magazine, Doritos commercial. The guy's yeah. like all dappered up. And I'm like, man, I've never seen this from, you know, it's, it's, it was there, but like we didn't really think about it because we always saw him as a coach. As coach, you didn't know, you know him as a player. Yeah, exactly, a young guy. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was cool, man. He he's he's phenomenal, and we're still in touch today. I sent him like some old bull gear, cool. and like he he actually has a lot to do with the the name of old bull. Like he kind of uh, gave me uh, some mentorship in the sense of like you don't want to bite off more than what you can chew, mm -hmm. and you want to have a methodical approach to getting what you want in life. So old meaning wise, bull meaning strong. It's I like kind it. Of like, the old bull approach, the Kenny Norton approach to doing whatever you want in life. Yeah, man, it's 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 a process, and that, that compounding interest of overtime. Uh, the problem is, is you know whether it's rich or build a big business, people want to do it quick. Yes, and you're like, it takes a while. Uh, it's the old Warren Buffett saying is. Uh, uh, the, the everyone wants to get rich, but nobody wants to do it slowly, right? And and yeah. and it's and it's totally true. You have a unique culture here, and you do things different. How do you mm. foster that culture uh, here at, at uh, Old Bull uh, Athletics? Yeah. So culture-wise, um, everybody is expected to be great at what they do, right? So um, we have specialists in different areas. We have a gymnast specialist who kind of almost mimics like me, I'm trying to recreate my, myself and my staff, but in their own lane, right? So I coached, I want my, my staff to be able to coach uh, a specific sport, right? So we have uh, someone who, and they're all ex-athletes as well, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's what I got the sense. This is what I, you know, audience at, at, at home, uh, this isn't your typical gym. This is, you're an athlete. These are professionals. They're all well-educated. This isn't the meathead. I took a six-week course. Definitely not. Let's pump iron. Yeah. That's not what happens here. This is something unique and very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they, they can work with pretty much anyone that you, you you would see in a gym setting, right? If you're injured, if you're an athlete, if you're just general population, you're a, a mom, you're yeah. whatever we it can is. Warrior, we, whatever. Can, we can work with you and make sure that, you know, your life is better because of it. This episode is brought to you by Buena Vista Creative, Miami's premier digital marketing agency. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com for more info on how Buena Vista can help your business increase revenue and create the brand and digital presence it deserves. Video and podcast production, web and app development, search engine and social media marketing, logo creation, outdoor, print, swag, and more. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com to learn more. You know, the you train all kinds of athletes pro, you know, football and basketball and all that kind of stuff. And then you, you also train Olympic sailing. Yeah. What's the, what are the commonalities and what are the differences in those groups? Yeah. So sailing has uh, crazy demands depending on the type of boat that, you know, if you're the crew, which means like if you're doing most of like the legwork and you're, you know, pulling the sails open, or if you're the skipper, you know, you're the one who's driving the boat. Um, they have very different roles, right? So uh, if you're a crew, you have really high demanding taxing things on your body your grip strength your core has to be a certain you have to be really strong in your core for long periods of time um and i've never seen a sport be so uh dependent on like the elements 
right? You're looking at the current, you're looking at the pressure in the sky, you're looking at yeah, you're the right. wind, the knots, you're looking at the waves, like what is it upwind, what is it downwind, and then the tactics to get to the actual point. It It's insane. There's so many different variables to it. So it's cool because I can optimize strength and then they have to make their decisions on their own on the, on yeah. the, on, on the, not the field, but the boat. On, on the boat the, on the and, and yeah, so many factors. Exactly. Yeah. So many, so many, so many factors. So it's funny. You mentioned Pete Carroll. Um, during uh, COVID, he had a podcast with Steve Kerr. I don't know if you heard it. I but but anyways, it, it was really cool. And I didn't, I knew about Pete Carroll, obviously the coach, but not, not the person. Right. Man, what an interesting guy, specifically around the psychology. And he recommended a book, and I'm drawing a blank. It's on tennis. Okay. And it's, um, and it was written, it's actually one of the most, uh, uh, read sports books ever and, and Steve Kerr had read it too and it's about the psychology uh, and getting inside the head and I always got the sense that this is what this guy was really good at thousand percent talk to me about the athlete and psychology so we talked about the physical part what about the mental part you got pro athletes on the football field mm -hmm. but then you got these uh, sailors yeah. like how do you get inside their head yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how, do you, how do you work on that so every athlete I think it might be Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. No, I know Maslow, but okay. it's not. It's not. Okay, so there's there's two different ideas for psychology, right? There's the overhyped, overstimulated, and then you've got like the guy who's too chill. Like, yeah. you want to be somewhere in between. You don't want to be so hyped that you can't think, and you don't want to be too chill to where you can't react, mm -hmm. right? So you want to be like right in that that middle ground. And the best way to get into that middle ground is by repetition. The more you can repeat yeah. something, the more comfortable you feel with it. You, you're not overthinking it. You're yeah. not, okay, I can play fast because I know my assignment is the curl flat, or I know that I need to hit the A gap when we call this blitz or whatever it is, whatever. right? So, you know, repetition, that constant, hey, I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to move at this speed, or I know my assignment so well that I don't even have to think about it. It, it turns into a flow state and it becomes... Rinse Second and repeat, nature. do it over, do it over. That's, over that's, a, over that's the beauty of practice, right? Exactly, it's just like you're, you're constantly, um, so we talked about the athlete, your background, but you're also a business owner. Yes. And you and I briefly talked about sort of that, that, that COVID period, right? Yeah. And I want to learn about, you know, I'm a firm believer, I think you are too, is that in this country, we focus on sick care, not health care. Right. And there are all these things that you can do outside right. of a, a hospital or a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. What can people do to just take care of themselves other than the basics? Yeah. And what's overlooked? I think the, the biggest things that are overlooked are, it's really movement, right? Like if you can move throughout the day, if it's a 10 minute walk, a 30 minute walk, you can fix a lot of issues that are kind of arising in our society today. You know, I, I think we went what, from like 35% to 40% obesity in this country. It's crazy. It's insane. It's you know, crazy. If, if that's the, you know, the trajectory, what yeah. is it gonna look like in another 10 years? It's, it's, nuts. it's nuts. So that's, that's one thing. I think the other thing would be, you know, obviously diet. Um, yeah. We, for whatever reason, FDA approves. Horrible stuff. Like, Horrible stuff. you know, Corn syrup, we should all just the vegetable not have oils. Yeah, I mean, it's just over awful. sugared everything. Everything. Um, what we do to our cattle and what we serve Terrible. to our people, it, it's it's truly killing them, you know. And obviously, you know, it's it's big business. And if we're talking about capital, you yeah. know, it's great for the insurance companies and it's great for whoever's selling these things. Mm -hmm. But for us as a society, you know, we can't really can't expect us to work and also be sick at the same yeah, time. Yeah, man. No, you 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 can't, man. It's, it's definitely. Uh, what about sleep? Yeah, sleep is a, another huge co uh, contributor to to how healthy a person is, right? So, you know, I personally like to say you should sleep eight 
um, yeah. at least eight hours. Uh, anything less than that, you're at a deficit. And I'm also a big, con uh, I guess, advocate for naps. You know, okay. 20, 30 minutes. Short naps. naps is what I've always read. Yeah. Right? If you're going anything over that, like you're, you might mess with your sleep cycle a little right. bit. Um, but if you're at a deficit, yeah, naps are the best way to try to get out of that it's deficit. It's funny, man. Deficit. You know, growing up, you always heard, you know, sleep's are for, for whims. No. Uh, weight training, I'm, I'm a little older than you. I remember like, oh, no, no, weights are going to get you tight. I'm like, that's mm -hmm. the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, like, now actually, it's just accepted. Right. Breathing's a big one, right? How right. do you breathe and how do you meditate and all stuff? So, like, it's always the fringe guys that are like a little bit ahead of it. Yeah, for sure. And then, and, and sleep being a big one, like in the last couple of years, how important uh, sleep is for recovery and, mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. Yeah. I think you see a lot of people with like massage guns and like the boots that like yeah, inflate yeah, yeah. and they're like, oh, this is recovery. And it's like, in real life, it's like, do you, are you drinking enough water? water right, 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 right. And are you sleeping, right? right? Like, cause if you can take care of those two things, usually your performance will, it will follow, yeah. you know? Lessons learned in running a gym. So we'll go back to, you um, you made it through COVID, right? Good for mm, you because yeah. we'll we'll look back on COVID and say that was one of the dumb things was, was closing the gyms and exercise and, right. and whatnot. You made it through lessons learned in operating an athletic business. Right. Um, so COVID for us specifically, we were leasing at the time uh, off of Alhambra Circle. We're off of Majorca and Ponce now, but uh, we were leasing at the time and uh, paint a picture. It's March. Yeah. Hey, a uh, uh, countywide ordinance, we're shutting down gyms for indefinitely. Right. And, you know, I, I send an email over to my landlord and I'm like, hey, you know, what, you know can we do something about this? Can you, can we extend? Can we, yeah, let's, let's find a concession. Right. Hard no. <laughs> it was just like, okay, here we go. You know, small business owner. I was 27 at the time. Right. Um, I'm trying to figure out what to do and i'm like how do i make money when people aren't allowed to come to the gym right so um long story short fast forward six months later we make it work i'm now at a point where i'm like i am done leasing uh i'm trying to Justin. find a place for me to uh, own real estate and yeah. buy um we end up signing a contract in october um and uh, we ended up growing 15 percent after awesome. that three-month awesome. shutdown for 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 covid you know so in my head i was like well if that's the case um and we could persevere through this yeah. there's no way i'm stopping here exactly. right so uh, trajectory wise we ended up like growing 300 percent Oh, bull, man. Yeah, man, it's just got to persevere. Everybody. Man. So, you know, just like me, I was panicked. Mm -hmm. uh, but I told everybody, say, look, if you can make it through this, one of the things is going to knock out a lot of competition. Right. So you can actually really grow. But you got to make it through this and yeah. you, 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 you can't give up. Right. You're going to have rough days, but you got to get through it. All right. You had rapid growth right after COVID. Mm -hmm. How did you create these Raven fans? And did the customer profile change? Yeah, so the customer profile was pretty much the same. Uh, the growth I want to attribute to building building the brand in itself. Um, as you know, building brands take takes 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 take years. Take yeah. time. Um, my personal approach is less about um, I guess ad spend on social mm -hmm. and more about like the customer and yeah. making sure that they're good and and looking at trying to create old bull as something that equals family. Um, okay. I don't. Did you ever see uh, what's the name of this movie? The Founder. Yeah, it's great. I, I love that. I love the movie. So yeah. I watched it maybe 10 plus times. Yeah. And at different points in time of my career, I started Old Bull in 2015. And, you know, in the beginning I watched it. And then I watched it maybe two or three years later and again and again and again. And at that time I was like, you know, if I'm going to scale this, I have to be 
uh, Ray Kroc in in the uh, in the parking lot where he's right. drawing up like you know hey, this is where we're gonna do the fries and this yeah. is where we're gonna you know make the burgers and 100%. we're gonna add the pickles here you know I'm like how do I do that for the gym right I'm like sitting there with my iPad and I just bought this new place and I'm like <laughs> oh it, this has to be this and I'm like we're gonna make this the the front of the space and we're gonna put our dumbbells here and you know it was it was cool to to develop that role because I know the end product for the user for for the customer was going to be so much more elevated in, in, in that aspect. Running a business is like coaching, right? It's exactly the same. Exactly. Stra you know, strategy. So you're defensive coordinator, just like you were late. Okay, lay it out. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Right. Then the team, right? You're the GM and then your coach. You, you, you hire all these great people. Okay, how do I organize them? We've got to put them in the right seats. Right. All that coaching experience you got, you were able to translate it into business. A thousand percent. Um, translating into business. Congratulations. I know a while back you got into the Goldman Sachs yeah, camp. Yeah. What was that like? Lessons learned from, from, from that experience? Yeah. So Goldman Sachs, I feel like they did a great job and they, they partnered with Babson to create this curriculum. It was about like a three month curriculum on how to identify opportunities mm -hmm. and then how to, uh, I guess, expound on the opportunities. Um, I, I personally found uh, something called a 504B loan yep. uh, through their program. Um, and that was how I was be I was able to afford, you know, to buy my own place yeah. and kind of go from there, um, which was amazing. I think the tools for a small business owner uh, to have that type of coaching at, at that level and then to directly apply it, like you know, in, in college most of the times, like. Yeah. You you learn stuff, but like the application, oh, 100%. It yeah. lags. Yeah, it lags. Like, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what did I learn six years ago? Yeah, you know, yeah. like to be able to for it to be done and then say, hey, you know, I'm going to take an operations uh, class, right? And the very next day, here's my new oper uh, operations manual. Start. Fast forward 80 pages later from my new operations yeah, manual. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can take this and say, hey, I want to open another old bull. Um, hey, manager, here's my operations manual. Here's the playbook. This is the checklist for, you know, this is how we clean our space. This yeah. is how we fold towels. This is how we create our cold towels. This is how we wipe off our tables. There's right. no alcohol in them. So, you know, like, yeah, and yeah, just yeah, rattle yeah. it down. All the stuff that I would have to sit there and spend time to teach. Here's a manual and it's done. Brilliant. You know? Right. That, 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 that's the only way to scale the business. Thousand because percent. if it's in the back of the napkin and that, no, you got you to hand the playbook, give the training. Uh, and then rinse and repeat, right? 100%, You're gonna yeah. do it this way. That's how we do it. Blah blah blah. You're constantly optimizing it. It's always getting more efficient. We're adding like videos, like sales videos or like conversion videos yeah. and stuff like that. This is how you take somebody through an evaluation. Mm -hmm. Like all of that stuff is is constantly being added to the SOP. Good stuff. All right, on the show we do rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. We have some fun with them. I'm gonna ask you a bunch. Okay, go for all it. Right, best player you ever saw close up play. <sighs> oh man, at USC. What? Wherever. In general? In general. Uh, it's probably DeAnthony Thomas. Okay. Uh, he played for Oregon, number yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a phenomenal return specialist, mm. a really Quick good running back. Oh my God, insane. Yeah. I, he's gotten out of tight spaces and like gone for 70 yards and I'm like, I don't even know. Like, you <laughs> yeah. can't even draw that up. You we had two people for him and then yeah, gone. Yeah, video you know? game. Yeah, super, super, super talented kid, super fast. Okay, uh, let's see, Biggie or Tupac? Uh, Biggie. All right. Perfect age or the, the ideal age to start playing tackle football? Ooh. Um, I played at seven. I think I probably could have pushed it to around like 10 or 11. So you think 10 or 11 is the, the, the right age? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had this conversation with a buddy of mine who played D1 the other day. And I was like, man, would you let your kids? He goes, absolutely, because I want them to learn how to hit and tackle early so that they don't injure themselves when they start playing exactly. at 14 or 15. Yeah. Makes, makes a total sense. Mm -hmm. All right. One athlete you wish you could redo their career. So 
a guy that, oh man, that guy was a badass, but X, Y, and Z. Uh, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson's a great one, man. Yeah, Me too. Bo Jackson all day. All day. All, all day, day long. Dude was a all freak. Right. <laughs> Greatest linebacker of all time. You played linebacker. Oh man, that's tough. Uh, can I pick two? Yeah, man, go for okay. it. So uh, Ray Lewis obviously is one of them. And obviously I'm gonna say Ken Norton Jr. Cause <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Your buddy. Yeah. He also doesn't really like Ray Lewis that much. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, we talked a lot about nutrition and fitness, but what's your food weakness? Uh, ice cream. Me, I'm so a big ice a, cream guy, yeah, too. I have a seven-year-old daughter who loves sweets. She loves sweets to the point where, like, in COVID, we, like, we're playing around with uh, something called Emma's Treats. Uh, her name's Emma. Mm -hmm. uh, but she loves, like, cookies and sweets and stuff like that. We made, like, a cookie ice cream sandwich for her. And it was delicious. Fake made like a, a name and it's like, oh, this is your business. And like, you know, you try to teach your yeah. kids through, you know. What's your favorite ice cream? Right. Um, mm, probably strawberry. Strawberry? Strawberry. All right. All right. All right. I'm more of a, a cookies and cream guy. All right. Okay. You study biomechanics. This is a very important question to all Dolphin fans. Chua. I watch the games. The guy doesn't know how to slide, tackle. Like, like he just, that portion of his brain doesn't work. Mm hmm. This season, he did jujitsu, judo. Do you think this is going to help? Do you think that you can get over this? I think I think he'll get over it, man. I, to be honest, he put on some weight and he looks better. Uh, I, I think we need to invest in an offensive line, and if we can do yeah. that, if we can do that and protect him on the edges, I think we we should be good. We got a lot of good players. We got to add one more, like one more key component is the running game for our offense. Yeah. It, if we can do that, the RPOs will start working a lot smoother. Last year, our run game was atrocious. Atrocious. So they like, gave up on it. So why, as a defense a quarter, right? If I know that your run game's not that good, what am I going to do? I'm just going to start sending blitzes at you. What's your scheme, by the way, defensive coordinator? I'm super aggressive. Okay. Super like aggressive. Blitzing, zone blitz. I super. It's mostly man blitzes, but I'm super aggressive. At the end of the day, uh, in, in high school, a lot of kids don't know how to read hot, which means like, hey, the blitz is coming from this side. Uh, my hot read is to pass over that guy's head to right. the receiver in that area, right? Um, I give a lot of hot blitzes throughout the, just to see if they can handle it. Yeah. And then after that, if we get like a comfortable lead, I'll sit back in the zone. Okay. Mm -hmm. We are in the golden era of sports documentary, uh, specifically football. Yeah. sports documentaries have you been watching quarterback hard knocks uh now the swamp yeah what are I, your thoughts i saw the johnny manzel yeah. uh documentary which was wild personally as a usc fan and uh an alum reggie needs to get his his heisman back man reggie needs to get his heisman back let's stop the nonsense stop it. yeah and like, he ended up being a great guy jo johnny's a rotten guy can we just stop how does yeah. johnny still have his heisman trophy and reggie doesn't it's, it's it's a great question. It's you know, a great question. That that's how I feel about that. All right, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you. All right, couple more questions. Is it okay to skip leg day? No, never, never, never. Said who? <laughs> exactly, my kind of guy. All right. Um, so in the golden age of of, of sports docs, uh, your chapter just started getting written. Uh, when they make a thirty for thirty uh, about you at a long time, maybe they use some of these these clips. Uh, uh, it's it's been great having you on the show today. Where can people find out about you and Old Bull and and, and your information? Yeah, um, they can come to oldbullathletics.com. They can also find us on Instagram at uh, oldbullathletics. Um, we have some great like information content on our social media. Don't feel uh, you know. Don't be hesitant to reach out to us. Uh, your first session is normally complimentary with us because we like to give for you know yeah. we yield before we receive. 
Um, and yeah, stop by. Check, Good check stuff. Us out. Listen, I know from experience, I have family members that work out with Frankie. Uh, it's, a, it's a great spot. I wouldn't be here if I didn't get raving reviews. Keep doing awesome. what you're doing, Thank man. You. I'm proud of you. Thanks for coming on the show, you, my man. man. Thank you. All right, bud.